Welcome to the Luna Holistic Podcast. I'm your host, Geneva Robbins, and every month on this podcast, we'll talk about Reiki, as well as answering your questions on all things spiritual. We are gratefully located in Calgary in Treaty 7 territory. Thank you all and welcome to the show. Hello, my name's Geneva Robbins, and this is the Luna Holistic Podcast. Today, I have Rita Reddy here with me. Say hi, Rita. Hello. Good to have you. Today, we're going to talk about what do you do about a creative block? But I love how you phrased it before we got on because you said it's a creative slumber, which I even love all of that just to start off with. I think that's an empowering turn of phrase, which mm-hmm. is creative in itself. And so I'm excited to dig into that with you today. Okay, me too. Yay. We <laughs> always start with a collective breath of gratitude, a little mini meditation. So if you are listening and you're driving, don't close your eyes. Keep your eyes open. Maybe skip forward. And if you have a few minutes and you are in a safe place to close your eyes, I invite you to close your eyes briefly and just take a big sigh of relief. Just letting all of the day go. No matter how busy it's been or what's happened, just know that the earth is supporting you directly below your feet. Gravity has always got you. Noticing the earth and that magnificent healing energy deep within the land. And just sending a thought of gratitude deep into the earth for all of the plants and animals and the fresh air and water and all of the beings that make up a part of your experience. Really sending out a wave of gratitude for all of that good that we get blessed with every single moment. And then feel that wave of gratitude reflect and rebound, filling you up with clarity and hopefulness and that big wave of inspiration. All is well. Wonderful. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Nice. A little quick dip in the gratitude pond. How did that go for you, Rita? Oh, it was nice. It's always nice to like send to yourself. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Amazing. So I love this phrase you used, creative slumber. I'm curious where that came about for you. 
because most of the time when people talk about, you know, they feel stuck in their creativity, they talk about it as a block, which is this like, it can be quite a weighty psychological and emotional thing to feel stuck when you are a creative person and you have these outlets that you love. What inspired you to call it a creative slumber? Which I find fascinating, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, I think I called it a creative slumber because that's what it feels like, like a sleep. And because like the season's changing and it's autumn and it's getting colder, like winter. So I was thinking about, well, the apple tree cycle and like the cycle of things dying or going to sleep having a winter um just like creativity can kind of do the same thing and it doesn't have to be winter but for me right now I think it's it's happening and coinciding with autumn and winter so yeah that's why I called it a slumber although my slumber has been happening for quite a long stretch here so been over the summer and over the spring as well I don't think that creativity is blocked like I still feel like the flow of ideas and all of these things but I yeah, I just have this it's it's almost like I'm dreaming them and and sleeping while thinking of all of these ideas and not like stepping into action or waking up yet mm, yeah I like that idea that it's like, what if it's not stuck? It's just only sleeping, which is such a healing way of approaching it. And then even just viewing it as part of a cycle as well. Instead of often we think of creativity or projects as being very linear. They've got a start, a middle and an end. And, and that, you know, we have to, that they go in one direction only but I find creativity is like loops and spirals and it is very much a, a cyclical thing. I like this idea that it's like, it's not blocked, it's not stuck, it's just sleeping. Because that's all feels very hopeful. There's this energy of movement there. And that's like, just like anything that's sleeping, there's like a, there's a reason for that sleep. There's a reason for the slumber. Mm -hmm. I kind of come back to this idea of energy that, you know, why do we just physically sleep is because we need the rest, you know, and we also need that dreaming time, right? And that's kind of an interesting thing that you're like, you probably are in need of a lot of rest and you're also dreaming things. But it's not yet time. You know, I love the apple tree cycle as well. Maybe it's not yet time to start planting those seeds. You don't want to start planting seeds while it's still winter. Or yeah. creatively in your winter season. They won't grow. Right. <laughs> or you can yeah, like, you put so much effort to making them grow. That it's a pushing yeah. Yeah. And if you rush things, then they're not going to grow correctly and they're not going to grow into what you want necessarily. And you need like the right timing and the right season, the right conditions. The right conditions. Yeah. 
I think of it as too, is like if you look at it as a cycle or a seasonal cycle, like that you're sleeping during the winter and the purpose of that time is to dream and to come up with, you know, just idea gather, then instead of, you know, working against the seasons, you're working with the seasons. You know, I think in our last podcast, we were talking about the change of seasons and how do you handle and cope with change and what autumn brings, you know, both in terms of the change of busyness, because often there's a lot of energy going to those kinds of things. But this idea of like your creativity has seasons and then you're working within that natural cycle because all winters eventually end. All slumbers end with you waking up <laughs> and getting and getting to work, you know, but not rushing it, I think, is also an interesting thing, too. Yeah, and it's it's more like a fluid thing whereas like if you think of something as a block a physical block is like a big square that's like kind of immovable and it's stuck and like heavy and there's no give there whereas a sleep or a slumber or a lull even is like just kind of still flowing and still part of like a cycle that continues and like you will yeah you like any sleep you you'll the idea is to wake up and there's this idea of hope and like a continuation yeah so what are some of the things that you've been dreaming up that might move you forward in this creative slumber Oh, well, a lot of my creativity right now has to do with my home, I guess, and like reorganizing things inside my home, creating like efficiencies in my life in general, kind of just like planning that. And and when you're sitting in your space that you want to recreate, you kind of have to imagine what it looks like because you know there's like obstacles like money and like time and and like other things that need to be removed before you can make space for new things so like sitting in the space and like kind of incubating an idea and and several ideas that's kind of what I've been doing And also in general, like I haven't done any painting or drawing in a very long time or writing. And so writing, writing is an easy one, I think, because, you know, you don't need a lot of materials. You just need a pen (laughs) or a computer. Um, And, and yeah, like I find actually lately I've been doing a lot of like five minute meditations and then writing right after. And it's so quick. It's so easy. And like, I'll force myself to do it. Like I'll find myself scrolling social media or watching TV. And then all of a sudden I'll just stop because I know that that five minutes um, that I set a timer and just like center myself, just as we did at kind of at the beginning of this 
podcast just by doing that it's so powerful because it's instant it's like you instantly know like what you want to do and five minutes is so accessible especially when you're in the middle of watching tv or just sitting yeah. anyway you know you have it in that moment yeah, you know you have it <laughs> I love that too because it's like it's powerful to have an awareness that you're that you're in an avoiding moment like you know it's like and being gentle around it being gentle of like just make it really small I think when what can happen for people is that slumbers turn into blocks when we push and pull when we put a lot of angst or there's a lot of shame built up it's like I have all these projects and I have all this, you know, time I'm wasting and, you know, and then it just builds and builds and builds. And then, and then you've got, you know, this sort of energetic and emotional clutter between you and your creative work. And you have to climb shame mountain to get to your writing desk, to get to, you know, the things. And if you can flatten that hill, with a, with a just tiny little meditation, just a five minute burst, just setting your timer, breathing slowly, you know, you can do some bit of gratitude, and then just following up with a little five minute writing. I love that it's, it's really, for me, it's really transformational. Because it gets, it gets things moving, and it can loosen you up especially when you feel like you've got that time crunch and you just can't get to the work because of all of the other things that you're juggling probably the reason for the creative slumber is that you're putting all of your creative energy elsewhere right and there are times and seasons where it's got to go to that because life is demanding and full and always in a state of flux (laughs) I love that that's fantastic I was just thinking too like it's also very helpful to have kids Mm -hmm. because kids are always creating and like imagining and playing and like just and you know they have all these materials already out all the time and they're like um yeah like mom like and they're, yeah, they're fearless. Yeah, anything goes like any surface, <laughs> any, <laughs> yeah. any ideas, like let's just run with it. In recycling, like there's curiosity. Yeah. Take stuff that's colorful or interesting, or you know, even pictures from flyers and like random stuff, and they'll just be like, look, I'm gonna make a unicorn, I'm gonna make a Christmas card. I don't know. just endless yes and I think letting ourselves play like children with it is a really big thing like I think there can be what can get people stuck I know for me is like oh I want to make this thing but I want to make it good and I want my peers to approve of me and I want my mentors to say that I did a good job and give me an A And I think this kind of gets drilled into us through like schooling and academics. It's like, I want to do the thing, but only if I'm great at it instantly and it meets my vision 
And there's not that element of playfulness and fun. And if we approach our creative work in a way that pulls all the joy out of it, then then it's hard to get back to it when there are so many other things to do, like laundry and chores and running kids to events and all of it. There's a million and one things and juicy distractions right at our fingertips with our phones. And, and then on top of it, then it's like, oh, it's been so long, you know, and so sometimes people will like go, ah, I'll just bin it, you know, oh, I won't do that thing. But it, I find the beautiful thing about great ideas is that they will tag along like a little puppy dog, like they will find you they will wait till you're dreaming and then they'll go pounce like here's your idea again so you can try to run away from these creative dreams and visions but they're not going anywhere so you might as well just give in and that's so true and calm you do things that inspire you that put you in that place of inspiration i think that's a big piece too like with I think children are naturally inspiring that way especially young kids they're really like willing to try and willing to make attempts and they're not too concerned about the outcome which is like a beautiful beautiful like time in life and if we can give ourselves that same grace and I really like putting two ideas that shouldn't go together together, taking two random concepts and like even just like random words, putting them together. And it's like, can you write a thing about these two things that don't normally belong together? That I think as well as like things that sort of push you to think differently. I also love what you mentioned before about clearing and reorganizing your creative space or you just do it like your workspace, your life space. I've recently done this too. I think the fall sort of brings this like the leaves are shedding off the trees right now. So it's like, well, I'm going to clear things off of my writing desk and I got rid of an old computer we never use, you know, it's like it's going to a better home and you know I shredded a whole pile of paperwork that was just sitting there you know just there's a lot of things that have just been like I don't need them anymore like they've served their purpose and now they can move on to better places and just that simple thing has like unleashed like it's so much easier now you know so sometimes it's like just even clearing the physical environment and giving it a little freshen up. Or I think also of like working in other mediums that aren't your primary medium, you know, so if you are a painter, like playing with Play-Doh, you know, like going to the dollar store and buying a bunch of glue and you know, popsicle sticks and making a log fort, you know, make a little creative workshop or, you know, or for me, I'm, I'm learning piano, 
you know, and it's not something that I'm planning on really bringing, but it, it's really joyful. And it takes me out of my normal mode of creativity and puts me into a place of learning, dabbling around, just plinky plonking. And I, and I just have the whole experience be light, you know? Yeah. How does that fit with you? Lovely. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, my neighbor is a music teacher and she gave Hazel, my daughter, a ukulele, which, you know, nobody had really considered playing. And she'll create like a little fort, you know, with a blanket and like ghosted inside of it and like, start playing the ukulele and like I think it's so interesting that she does it that way because she kind of creates a creative space and then she just tries it out and she doesn't know what she's doing and like we haven't talked about lessons or anything yet but like yeah she just wants to like try and then she even starts singing little words to it and like it's really cute I also love that urge. I'm like that urge to incubate your creativity in a sacred and safe place where you can practice and play and not have it be perfect. Just figuring it out. Yeah, you're not being watched by anyone and or observed or and you yeah, you're not really like doing it for anything. You're just trying it out. And that's the other thing that when we're talking about kids, it's the process that they love. Like, even if there's like a tie dye kit or whatever, like they love to like get out the materials and look at them and like talk about like what they do and, you know, what each thing is for. Like there's like the colors and then there's like the fixative and like all these different little aspects. And yeah, like each little step is also interesting all by itself and like you can you can play with the ideas and when you're in your like creative slumber you can like just think about materials and like what do they do and play around with things what is paint and what is red paint red and white paint white yeah and how did they make paint? What's the history of paint? How long has paint been around? Like, do a deep dive on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, totally. You can, like, read a book about it or you can, yeah, totally, like, just Google stuff and just to know, like, what's the fundamentals of things or what are things made out of that we can use. And then, you know, I think in that way, too, new ideas can form about, like, what color is I mean if you think about red paint coming from like crushed beetles or beet juice or like you know all kinds of places like crushed rocks and and you can make different shades of red and different shades of you know anything and that in itself is like a new it's inspiring and you can come up with other places where red comes from or other ways to like you can just like invent new things in just thinking about the fundamentals of things the fundamentals yeah absolutely 
I love that. And I also love that creativity and going back into the sort of exploration that's going to spark curiosity. Because I think curiosity can move us through and past a lot of our fears and can help us enter that playful realm. One of the things is like going to sources of inspiration. So other, you know, watching videos and things of other creators at work is pretty great. And sometimes going outside of your primary field, I find is is really good because then you bypass the whole inner critic of like, if you, if you are a painter, say, and you watch other people painting, you're like, well, I'm not good about, I can't do it that way. It's like, so if you go to like, instead watching somebody like do music or writing or something else, then you're like, well, I'm not competitive with them. So I can just appreciate their artistry without having to like get my ego sticky fingers in there. <laughs> I can yeah, just appreciate totally. it for what it is. There's a couple of things that I like that sparked as you were sharing. So one is the ukulele. I love doing these little like saying yes to the little random invites from the universe. And we had found online a recital for this person's master requirements for their masters in music and he had taken medieval music and was playing it on a ukulele so he did his whole recital on the ukulele so it was like do you want to go to a medieval ukulele recital (laughs) for this person's degree requirements I was like yes I do so that's a real thing we'll put the link to that in because that person is brilliant brilliant like artist the other thing was I think a universal like blanket forts are I think we cracked the code of how to get out of a creative slumber which is blanket forts you know like or a proverbial blanket fort which is like make it cozy and make it fun And just give yourself a little bit of space to let these seeds of ideas come in. I think that's all really beautiful. Like a studio or like something as simple as like a craft table or like a spot. Clearing a little sacred corner of sacred space where you are allowed to play. Where nothing that happens in that space has to be productive or made anybody's approval, including your own. Everything you make in that space is just for fun. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And then there's another inspiring thing on, I believe it's like a CBC documentary about an ink maker. He's from Canada and he makes all of these different kinds of inks from just stuff he finds in the world. And he'll just make, a little piece of rust that's crumbled off of a bridge or something into ink. And there's a documentary of like what ink is and how he makes it. And then the different artists that work with it. And it's like, I saw that and I was fascinated. And, and it was, it was really, really inspiring 
to just like, be playful with it. Yeah. If you're finding like a rusted piece of metal on the side of the road and like you're never going to be able to recreate probably that bottle of ink whoever you know writes with it or creates with that bottle of ink is like like the most unique thing yeah and I think with all of the you know fears around AI generating things and everything like that I think there's a real thirst for genuine for artistry originality originality, something that's like come from your own gritty real lived raw existence and that that is the the place where for me I get a lot of inspiration is when I see people going into spaces that are vulnerable yet real and I connect with them in those spaces and I connect with that that work, whatever it happens to be, because they're willing to do something different. They're willing to put themselves out there and try something and see if it works, you know. And I appreciate that when I see it. And so I try to allow myself that same like tender, vulnerable space when I do my work because I want there to be that same grace. So I'm willing to try things. I'm willing to put things out, even though my inner critics will say, you're not a that, you can't do that. (laughs) You don't have a label that says you can do that thing. But you don't have no permission to start doing this kind of work. I politely listen and I politely disagree and I just... (laughs) start doing things I love that you said that you write because I really 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 love the book The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron it's a classic classic manuscript on basically journaling prompts and no matter what kind of creative field you're in even if you just want to get perspective on your life and what's happening there's two processes that she recommends and one is morning pages so writing three longhand pages every morning and the other is artist dates so you go somewhere and artist dates are just for you and you go somewhere that inspires you that gives you this sort of insight places where you can kind of connect to creativity and they don't have to cost a lot they don't have to be much time but you do one artist date every week and then you do these writing pages every day um and elizabeth gilbert through doing this process with julia cameron's work she discovered that she wanted to learn italian (laughs) um go to an ashram in india and go and learn from a medicine man in in Bali. <laughs> and so without doing this, she wouldn't have created Eat, Pray, Love. So, so sometimes it helps you, even if your slumber is so deep that you're not even dreaming, you're not even getting the ideas. Sometimes this is a process that generates ideas. And I've been working with that 
process for about a year now. I'm still halfway through the book. So I can tell you where I slumbered a little bit <laughs> as I was doing it. But um, but I've, I've been finding it invaluable in getting more work out into the world and publishing more meditations and getting more different kinds of sessions out for people. So I've been really, really loving it. And I highly recommend it. It's so simple, but it's so powerful. And then she has some really wonderful, if you're not sure what to write about, she has some wonderful writing prompts in that book that can get you moving with things. Because I think there's a bit of also just keep showing up, even if nothing seems to happen, even if you're only just sat down in your chair, picked up your pen, put it down, went to bed. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> the more times you arrive, the more times there's an opportunity for the thing to happen. Yeah, like those five minute meditations I was talking about, I started out with doing 60 seconds. And then I... Yeah, and I actually did the timer for 60 seconds, but then I realized that I wanted more of the sitting, and so I set the timer for more. I think the button said resume or repeat or something like that on my timer, and so I just kept hitting repeat until it felt like I had sat for a good amount of time. And then and then I started doing five minutes because I was like, five minutes felt like a good amount of time to sit before the writing came and so sitting with the pen I love that like just sit with the pen and then put it away if you need to yeah just get again. there just do a little dab you know yeah just paint one little square inch you don't have the whole painting do a little smudge <laughs> it's also a good reason to like go shopping for materials Yes. And that's a beautiful like artist date thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the dollar store or a really nice art store. You know, like if you know what you like or if you know what you want, then you can just yeah, buy a nice new book or a nice new pen or whatever. Yeah. Having new ones are great. And then also like mining your stash, because that's the other thing. It's like going in and just touching everything because I think our hands you know we do Reiki here you know so and we're really aware of energy right and and things hold the energy I find when I'm clearing things and clearing spaces and houses and things like that is that the energy of whatever you were feeling when you put that thing down that same energy is there when you pick it back up. And I think that can sometimes be why we don't come back to it because you might have had having some strong feelings the last time you touched those things. Totally. And then you have to wade through that emotional soup and just by picking up a brush. So sometimes having new materials is good because then you don't have to wade through the emotional soup. But sometimes going into that energy can be really instructive because then you can write about it and understand and reflect and then your art can be a processing of whatever those feelings were in there 
And it can be on the harsh side where there could be a lot of pain that's there. But it could also be on the really positive side is like just touching it reconnects you to the love of the materials of the process. Yeah. And like several things come to mind, like when talking about this kind of stuff, like one was like I read a thing that said, you know, if you haven't touched it in 10 years or whatever, you bought all these materials, just sell them or throw them away or, you know, like give them away. And that made me so sad because I am a person who buys all the things and then keeps <laughs> them in a box forever and ever. But I eventually pick them up and I do use them. And that energy that was in there, like maybe it's not the exact right time to like cultivate your whole idea or like create your entire painting. But it's still there, like it's it's sleeping and it's the slumber of that idea is it has so much potential and so much, like you said, emotions tied to it and all of these, like the energy of that time that you wanted to, to create this thing or do this thing or when you had an idea, but yet, but you might not have like honed all the skills yet or like you know, quite developed the material that you want to use, like you don't know how to use it yet. And eventually, if you, you know, like sometimes, yes, like ideas can be thrown away and they can be a one-off and you probably, maybe you'll never make that quilt, you know? (laughs) But, But sometimes there is like a magic in awakening the sleeping project that you once had so much interest in and so much love for and like I mean some of my favorite authors will write a novel for over 40 years like a a span of 20 to 40 years and like they'll say you know like I went to hear John Irving speak about some of his books and he's just like yeah like a lot of these books I started 20 years ago and then I just, the ideas keep coming. I keep piecing them together. And Isn't that then a maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is because then you don't feel like, you know, your novel that's like brewing deep in your soul is like, it's asleep, really. And it's going to come. And you just have to keep on dreaming it and thinking about it. And then you know, dabbling in it every now and then. And eventually you'll awaken each each idea that you have when you're ready. When you're ready. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I also heard that Leonardo da Vinci, I think it was one of his paintings of the Madonna and Child. It took him 25 years to paint that painting. But they dedicated a whole wing of the National Museum in London to this one painting that it took them 25 years to finish. Things like that made me feel like, ah, like as a viewer of the art, does it matter to the viewer how long it took to get it made? No. No. Yeah. And like going back to energy, like think about how many hundreds of years of energy it emits. 
after that 25 years of incubation, like endless. It is. It is. One of my favorite authors, Laura Hillenbrand, she wrote this book, Unbroken, which I I normally pick up books and then I put them down. And this I just devoured from the beginning to the end. It was beautifully written. It took her, I think, eight or nine years to write this book. And just writing a little bit at a time, you know, working with, she has a chronic condition. So, you know, like really working around what she's able to do. And and I thought that was just also so inspiring because we often think we need to like jettison everything and quit everything and only like we think that real artists, real writers are only doing that thing a hundred percent of the time. And that simply isn't true. There, you know, even somebody like Leonardo da Vinci, like he had lots of interests and lots of things. And probably a good chunk of his day was just managing everything. <laughs> you, know, you don't think about all the paperwork that goes into like that. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well, and like some of the greatest like figure artists and stuff like that were like so inhibited by the times where you couldn't be nude and you couldn't have bodies to work from. You weren't allowed to like do that and you'd have to do everything in secret and all of these other things and like it was crazy there's so many obstacles for so many of the greatest like creative things that we see now and it's amazing it is how it comes through anyways and it comes through anyways yeah yeah and I think there is that like working through those moments I think all people who are creative have moments of being in slumber or certain projects will be sleeping while others are active and your energy and your work gets moved where it needs to be. And if we're gentle around that and just do little tiny tools, it's like things will ignite. It's, I think creativity is part of our natural being. It's, you know, tied to our sacral chakra and our low belly it's part of the energy that gives us zest in our step and it's the passion of life uh, where we derive joy and get that sense of flow and connection and and that if you put yourself in this space where you can connect to your creativity even if it's just a tiny little spark then it's a spark and then it'll go from there. And when the the incubation period of the work is done, when all of the gathering of the materials is done and your energy is gathered, then the work is going to be natural because as long as you are embracing the joy and clearing any shame blocks you might have, you know, or shame stumbling mountains, then the work is is a natural byproduct of that really that self-care which we can help you with at luna holistic (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh it's so true well 
Thank you so, so much, Rita. It's been a delight. I could talk for a thousand more hours with you about this topic. I love it. I have found it very, very inspiring. You inspire me a lot with all of the things that you make, your ideas, the way you see the world. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you. I love it. I love talking about this stuff. Wonderful. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to like and subscribe. Give us a message to see what you are percolating on. And if you need a little bit of help getting through your creative slumber to some creative inspiration and some childlike energy, just give us a shout. We've got lots of tools, resources on our website and we can help you with a session or two. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Luna Holistic Podcast. We're so grateful that you are here. If you've got a question, we'd love to hear from you. Go to lunaholistic.com slash podcast and we'll answer you in an upcoming episode. Be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And also please rate because you never know where your little five stars will go to shine light into somebody's heart today. So thank you very much and we'll see you next time.